The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, this is the On Point with Victor show. Welcome one, welcome all to everyone across the great fruit, fruited plains. Uh, you guys are born to listen. I was born to talk. <laughs> that's what the, that's what the godfather used to say. Something like that. Uh, but welcome all. Uh, this is the America's Web Radio Station you are tuned into. We've got a lot to get to today. Uh, I, I'm, I'm gonna bounce around today. I've got some some really cool. Um, well, I don't know if it's cool, but some interesting polling that's out there. Uh, I'm going to get into some presidential stuff. Uh, I'm going to get into some movie stuff. Uh, let's see what else can we get into today. We're going to get into. Um, oh my gosh, I, 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 I'm not going to get into the Hunter Biden stuff, but yes, David. I got a question. For yes. You. How with Secret Service protection? A- you know, and they have the car, you know, brigade and all this kind of stuff. Right. How did Ron DeSantis get in a wreck today? <laughs> you know, I heard that, and I do not have uh, all the details. But I will say this. I don't think Ron DeSantis is at the point yet where he gets Secret Service. Sure or, he is. or is he? As soon as you announce. You get oh, you get – oh, okay. I didn't know that. I thought you had to – No, in fact, I would be very interested to know – yeah, I want to know how much uh, they pay, you know, for how much we pay the yeah. Secret Service to protect to protect every candidate. Everyone. But as I, soon as they announce, they get really I thought they had to reach a certain amount of of. OK, yeah, this is a viable candidate before they got protection. But um, I'm going to have to look that up. I, I, that's interesting. That, me? I, I don't doubt you. I just want to see. Wh- I mean, I, because I can't imagine when you look at Larry. El- nothing against Larry Elder, but the guy's polling negative. And if you're, and there's another candidate. I don't even know who that is. Who's down? In the, I mean, there's a bunch of bottom dwellers right now. Why would we be paying taxpayers' dollar to protect them? I, I mean, I, that probably sounds terrible. But I mean, we can't spend taxpayer money to protect everybody who. Who just? I, I don't know. Well, I we're, mean, we're protecting all the Ukrainians. <laughs> oh man, that's a good point, David. I, you know, that that's a whole other thing that we will will have to talk about. You know, I haven't said much about Ukraine, the whole Ukraine war lately, and uh, honestly. Not much has changed, folks. Your politicians in Washington, your establishment Republicans, all your Democrats, and the Democrats, I've told you they love war. I tried to tell you guys for the past five years or so. Okay, maybe three years or so, uh, that the Democrat Party is a party of war. They love war. They love dictators. They love, they love all that stuff. They love authoritarians. And then your establishment Republicans, Lindsey Graham, Mitch McConnell, Romney, uh, and a whole host of those Republicans, they also love war. They love the machinery. They love the, the big war machine. They love the money that they can generate from it. And, and as soon as you understand that, then you'll understand why we're always in these conflicts. And you'll also understand, while I'm at it, I'll just tell you this. That's another reason why they did not like Donald Trump. This is another reason why Lindsey Graham, I don't care how far up Trump's dairy air that Lindsey Graham crawls, Lindsey Graham doesn't support Donald Trump. Lindsey Graham doesn't think Trump will beat Biden in 2024. Trust me, I just, I, you know, I don't have proof of this. 
But I feel in my heart, and just by being the astute person that I am, and and a very good judgment of people, I can tell you I just feel so strongly, and I would put money on it. Lindsey Graham doesn't think Donald Trump can win in 2024, and Lindsey Graham is happy with Donald Trump not winning. This is what you guys got to understand. Lindsey Graham cares about the power, cares about his political career. That's it. That's it. And Lindsey Graham and McConnell, these are the two quintessential examples of Republican career politicians, establishment, I should say, establishment career Republican politicians who sit up there, beg you to vote for them, beg you for money, and then they beg you to put to send them back, and then they work behind the scenes. And, and this is going to be a, a, a damning statement, I guess, or, or really going to tick some of you off, but I believe they actively work behind the scenes to stay in the minority party. They don't want to lead anything. Because when Lindsey Graham and McConnell can go around the country every six years or two years or four years, and they can just continually beg for money because they say, oh, look how bad those Democrats are. We're going to do better. Just just, just give us some money so and send us back. Not let's get together and get behind some good candidates and win completely. Not not let's get let, – let's win the White House. Let's win the Senate. Let's win – You know, I know they'll put poppycock to this. They'll say all kinds of things. But really what they're doing is they're raising money. And they love, they love, love, love campaigning from behind. <laughs> Stop laughing, David. But they love campaigning from behind. Because Lindsey Graham and Mitch McConnell, as long as they're in a minority party, as long as the Democrats control most of Washington, Lindsey Graham and McConnell and Romney and all those other bozos that are in the establishment can run around screaming at you, telling you how bad the country is, is being run by Democrats. You just send them money and send them back and let them enjoy that power. I am telling you folks, this is not at all what I wanted to talk about today, but every now and then I get thrown into these tangents. And, and I am telling you, you, you guys know I am not a sycophant to any political party or any politician. And I will tell you here right now, we cannot afford to vote for Democrats in 2024. We cannot afford to vote for today's Democrats. But also on the other hand, we can't afford to continue to allow establishment Republicans like Lindsey Graham, Mitch McConnell, Mitt Romney, um, I, I could name a whole bunch more of the establishment Republicans who we cannot allow them to continue to go to Washington. We need drastic changes in this country, folks, and those drastic changes start with kicking out career politicians. Listen, the problem with career politicians, there may be some good people up there. Lindsey Graham might be a nice guy outside of Washington. I, I, I don't know. Uh, most of them are probably nice guys. And maybe they have some good intentions. But the problem is if we the people continue to allow politicians like Graham and McConnell and, and, and of course, the slew of Democrats, Bernie Sanders, Clintons, the Pelosi's, the Schumer's, if we allow these people to continue to go every two years, every six years, send them back to Washington, they gain too much power, folks. And the problem with too much power is – and this is how it seems to go. The more power you achieve, the less of a conscience you have. Or the more power you, you achieve, the less – Let's just say responsibility that that you have. You see, it seems like these politicians they gain more power and then they just let responsibility kind of go. They they don't want to be held accountable. They get mad when you try to hold them accountable. You look at Lindsey Graham and Mitch McConnell. You think they would sit down with somebody like Tucker Carlson? You think better yet? You think they would ever sit down on this show, on the On Point with Victor show, and talk to me? No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. They don't want to be challenged. They don't like being held accountable. 
That is the problem with the establishment Republicans. We know today's Democrats are, are, are a bunch of progressive, socialist, authoritarian, seeking power, hungry fools. We know that. But we also got to take hold of the Republican Party. Listen, I <clears throat> I would love it if we had a, a, a viable third party in this country. But we don't. We don't. Unfortunately, I mean, I would love for the Libertarian Party to be able to actually get traction and be a viable third party. But until we get some smart people in the Libertarian Party, hey, no offense to the the Libertarian people that are in that party, but the people they choose to lead it, not the best, not the best. Uh, they got to get their message straight. And, and, but so right now, Depending on a third party or putting your hope in a third party is, is ridiculous. Um, and, and it's not going to do us any good. So what we, what do we do? We do what Ronald Reagan said. It's not a new party that we need. It's the taking back of the party we have. And if you're a libertarian, if you're an independent, if you're a conservative, if you just love freedom and you love liberty, if you love the constitution, if you believe that the constitution is the law of the land and we shouldn't bastardize it, if you believe that yes, we have separations of power for a reason, there's the executive branch, there's a legislative branch, and there's the judicial branch. There is a reason that the founding fathers set it up that way. Uh, if you like the, the federal the Federalist Papers, if you understand the founding of this country, then you cannot be a today's Democrat. You cannot vote for today's Democrat. But you can find a home in the Republican Party. We just got to take control of it. We don't need the warmongers in the Republican Party. We, we need to get rid of them. We don't need these career politicians that just like to spend money, just like the Democrats. We don't need those type of Republicans. And I am telling you right now, folks. The, the the road for this country to get really on the right track is to start removing politicians, just taking them out of Washington. And we can do it. We can all do it at the ballot box. You folks in South Carolina, you've got the power. You've got the power to send Lindsey Graham packing. You can't tell me that in all of South Carolina, you can't find a good America-loving, freedom-loving, liberty-loving, constitutional-loving Republican in that state or libertarian or an independent. You can't tell me you can't find somebody who can run against Lindsey Graham and take him out. And the same thing in Kentucky. My goodness, you Kentuckians, you put Rand Paul, one of the best people you could have put in office. You put Rand Paul in in the office of the uh, in the Senate, and that was a great thing. But then you continue to put Mitch McConnell? I I don't know how you can uh, – folks, listen. If you can put somebody like Rand Paul in office once, you can do it again. And I know there's got to be another Rand Paul type in Kentucky that can take out Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell is 102 years old, doesn't need to be in the Senate. And Lindsey Graham crawls up anybody's butt he thinks is going to help him gain power. He doesn't need to be there. And we all know Mitt Romney doesn't need to be there. I mean, ladies and gentlemen, to take this country back and put it on the right road, it, it, we don't need to be tribalistic with the R's and the D's. If you're going to be tribalistic, be tribalistic with we're Americans. Be an American first. Have the courage to talk to people and, and tell them how, or at least help them understand why Democrats need to be thrown out of office and why establishment Republicans need to be thrown out of office, why we need good young whippersnappers to come up of, again, again, the only litmus test needs to be, do you love this country? Do you believe in the Constitution? 
Do you love freedom? Do you love liberty? Do you do you believe in the individual? That's a big one, folks. That's a big one. Do you believe in the individual? There's not one Democrat in Washington today, whether they be elected or part of the bureaucracy, that will look at you in the face and tell you that they believe in individualism. They will not tell you that. You will not hear a Democrat. Show me the speech where Biden or Cackling Harris or Obama or anyone else, you show me the speech that they've made where they mention the individual, where they mention the power of the individual. They will not do it because they don't believe in the individual. They believe in Marxist collectivism. That's your Democrat Party today. And I, I am just telling you, when you look at Republican looks, we've, we've got a long way to go until 2024, but it'll be here before you know it. But you've got to start early and start looking, okay, this primary is going to come up. And I'm talking about Republican primaries. You're going to have uh, some Congress people. You're going to have some senators. And, you're, and, and for 2024, you're going to get to pick a president. You got to go with the one that's the least establishment. You got to go with the one. Listen, if you're supporting, listen, I, I, right now, none of the polling matters. So I don't care if you support, um, Haley, if you support <laughs> that terrible Chris Christie, uh, I don't care if you support uh, DeSantis, Trump, or if you support uh, Tim Scott, or Vivek Rajaswamy, um, or if you, um, what's El, uh, Larry Elder, um, that, that oh gosh, that guy from, well, I don't remember where he's from now, but anyway, I don't care who you support, because right now it doesn't matter, uh, because it's so early, but if you're supporting a candidate, find out if that candidate believes in freedom, believes in liberty, believes in the individual, believes in the Constitution, and will, in front of you, say all of those things and that they love the country. If any of those candidates cannot say that they love the country, they love the Constitution, they believe in the Second Amendment, they believe in freedom, believe in liberty, and they believe in the individual, if they can't tell you that, find another candidate. Look, I'm not going to tell you who to vote for. I'll tell you who I like. You all know who I like. I, I support Donald Trump, and I support uh, Ron DeSantis. Uh, it's not that I don't like any of the other guys. I just think the time right now, we cannot flirt with anyone associated with the establishment. And the two people that, that, that the Washington establishment hates is President Trump and Ron DeSantis. And there's a reason for that. Ladies and gentlemen, you look at how hard they're attacking Ron DeSantis right now. Everybody in Washington, Republican and Democrat, are going after Ron DeSantis, and there's a reason for that. There is a reason for that. Uh, they're grasping at – look what Vice President Cackling Guatemala Harris – I don't know, within minutes, as soon as somebody showed her that one little passage in that – in the uh, – the, the uh, what are they calling it down there in the in Florida where they, they – they, they had two black scholars that actually developed uh, – that were part of developing uh, a lesson plan for these government schools in, in Florida. And one of the passages mentioned something about the, the skills that slaves – um, that they, they acquired, that, that there were – that many slaves acquired skills. That really did help them once the emancipation happened, when, when the slaves were freed – some of the skills that they learned, they took it and they became huge successes. That's history. That's I, I'm not pulling that out on the other reasons. That is history. That is part of the history of slavery. The history of slavery is awful. There's slavery still going on in the world right now. It's awful. 
But the history that we have here in this country, that's a bad history, but it's history. And it should never be forgotten. And it should be taught as history. It should be taught. And Florida's teaching it. And Florida had had the, the gonads and the cojones to put two black scholars and make sure that, that there was the proper representation of teaching. And now they're getting blasted by it. And that's what I'm talking about. I'll, when we come back from this break, because we've got to take a break, uh, I'll tell you what cackling Kamala Harris did. And uh, it, it, it just it, it infuriates me. But all right, folks, we'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. This is the On Point with Victor Show. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, join me, Roger B., every Tuesday at 1400 hours right here on America's Web Radio for the Locked and Loaded Show. We will talk about guns, weapons, ammo, gun accessories, prepping, and so much more. So be sure to join us every Tuesday at 1400 or 2 p.m. for Locked and Loaded on America's Web Radio. If you want the truth about politics, medicine, weapons, classic cars, and more, you'll want to tune in to America's Web Radio. You can listen to all of your favorite shows live at www.americaswebradio.com or on demand on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. That's www.americaswebradio.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Hey, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is the On Point with Victor Show. I am Victor Armendariz, the Mexican, not afraid to be American. Hey, listen, I want to take a second, a big thank you. To all you listeners out there, not just to my show, but who tune into America's Web Radio, and a big thank you because you guys, you know, some of the best advertising is word of mouth, and constantly people are telling other people about America's Web Radio, and and more and more people are finding us, and, and I, it's just amazing to watch my show grow just because it's me, but it's awesome to help America's Web Radio and do what I can, but you guys out there, you listeners, you're spreading the word, and like people are mail on a slice of bread. That's right, absolutely, <laughs> or butter. <laughs> but I tell you, it is great. So I, a big thank you to you listeners. You guys are driving up the the listenership uh, so much, especially with our veteran show. We, we get, I, I got to say, we probably have more veterans that listen to than he listened to us than any other, maybe any other show or station out there. But uh, because we really care about the veterans and they know that and and we like to spread the word. So so keep spreading the word, ladies and gentlemen. I cannot thank you enough. Uh, and, and especially all of you guys who just keep turning people on to to the On Point with Victor show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm happy to announce, by the way, um, the the On Point with Victor show now has a website. <laughs> so I think it's on point with Victor dot com. Or it might be on – yeah, I think it's onpointwithvictor.com. I'm going to have to verify that, but I'm sure you can find it if you look hard enough. But there is a website out there now for the On Point with Victor show, so that's a that's a huge achievement for me, folks. Trust me, I, I can't stand social media, and I'm not, I'm not tech savvy. Um, I'm just – it just so happens that I've got a wonderful person who's who's helping out the show. Uh, so – and listen, if you would like to help out the show, because we can't do this for free. I would like to, but I can't. Uh, if you would like to help out America's Web Radio and help out the On Point with Victor show – 
please give us a holler at GM at America's Web Radio.com or Victor at America's Web Radio.com or Brett at America's Web Radio.com. And, um, we, there are numerous ways you can help. Um, you guys can buy t-shirts. You can, and that's coming. Uh, you can be a patron. You, you can, uh, you can just sign up to donate or you can be a sponsor. Um, so look, folks, we've, we've, we've got, uh, lots of things that we can do. So, um, thank you again for your help. And, and again, if you want to help the On Point with Victor show, uh, you can go sign up on my website. You can sign up on the America's Web Radio website, or you can email me at victor at americaswebradio.com or email, uh, gm at americaswebradio.com. Or you can bother producer Brett, which, uh, <laughs> you know, producer Brett doesn't get bothered enough. So bother him, Brett at americaswebradio.com. So, all right, folks. Let me get back. So cackling Kamala Harris. So somebody, look, there is no way on earth that she read this, uh, this, uh, teaching syllabus or whatever it is down in Florida. There's no way she read the whole thing. It's 191 points. Um, I'm not sure how many pages it ended up being, but Kamala Harris won't even read her briefings. She did not read this school bill in Florida. Trust me. Somebody around her who's a sycophant for the progressive movement found this one little data point in the lesson where where it is factual history, factual history, and there are numerous black scholars who have written this where they say that there were skills that were learned, you know, the slaves learned skills. Uh, I mean, look, it may be hard for you to understand that. It may be sound mean to say that, but it's history. It happened. And and the for the – not for the uh, – I mean, I don't even want to think of where we would be now, but because of the great document that is the Constitution and our founding fathers who wrote that Constitution with the intention that it would end slavery one day. Trust me, folks, you can go read about it if you want to. You can go look up the founding fathers and you can see where their thought process was when they made the Constitution, when they specifically said all men are created equal. All men are created equal. They put that in there for a reason. They knew. They knew. And they had faith. They had faith back then, folks, in the American people. They had faith that we would do the right thing. And you know what? We did. We did. We were one of the first to end slavery. And not only then, not only that, many, many, many opportunities were provided. And many people who had been slaves went on to achieve great things. And and. I mean, I, it's, I'm not going to give the full history lesson here, folks, but there's a lot to be learned there. And Florida's doing a good job. But there's that one little passage where, where they had the, these two black scholars in Florida who wrote this school bill had the audacity to put in there that, that, that black people use the skills they learned, or at least back then, that's, that many of the slaves used skills that they learned under slavery. And, and, Cackling Kamala Harris takes that one little snippet, turns it around, and makes it sound like – and, I mean, look, I, I hate to say that people are lying because, honestly, I think Cackling Harris and her team and the Democrats, they know. They're willingly changing the 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 words around to make you believe a certain thing. They want to gaslight. They love using the gaslight term. Well, let me use the gaslight term. The Democrat Party is trying to gaslight you right now. They're trying to gaslight every activist um, – Democrat member, every activist, Democrat member of the uh, Antifa, they're trying to activate them. And this is how the Democrats do it. They take something, a snick bit, they change it all around, they take it completely out of context, 
so they can activate the most violent I, I, I you know I'm gonna calm down I gotta calm down but they use this to activate and folks I'm not angry I'm just right I'm just right but they use this language to activate the 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 worst part of their party the activists the 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 antifa activists the BLM activists they want to drive their voters not just to vote for them they want the voters to hate you they want your voters to hate they their voters to hate me they want their voters to hate the or anyone who has the audacity not to vote for a democrat how is that unity how is that bringing people together you know, it's a question that some media person ought to get in front of the dementia patient and ask him. You know, when you ran in 2020, you said you were the great uniter. You said you would bring people together. You said that it was much too divisive before you that you were going to end the divisiveness. All you've done, dementia patient Joe, and all your party has done is create firebomb, firebomb, firebomb after firebomb. You create hate. You create depression. You create unhappiness. And and you're driving it in your voters and the, the most violent part of your voters. You're the most activist party group segment of your voters. That's what the Democrat Party is doing. And that's what Kamala Harris did. Kamala Harris shift I mean Whatever she had planned, boy, she moved it on a, uh, in seconds and went down to Florida in Jacksonville yesterday and gave some speech full of myths. You want to talk about myths, truths, and and just complete misinformation? That's all Kamala Cackling Harris did yesterday. She went down there without reading the school bill. I guarantee you she doesn't know that there were two black scholars that were the author of this school bill. I guarantee you she doesn't know that. But she takes this one little snippet, turns it around, and she's telling the Democrat voters out there and everybody else that will listen to her, she's telling them that Ron DeSantis and the Florida educational system are telling people that slavery was good. There's nowhere in that lesson that it ever said slavery was good. Nobody said that. Not Ron DeSantis, not any school board person in Florida. Nobody said that. But yet Kamala Cackling Harris and Dementia Patient Joe and the rest of that progressive socialist Democrat Party, they're trying to convince you and gaslight you. And what they're doing is trying to win the black voter back. They're losing a lot of black votes, and this is how they're trying to get it back. Instead of instead of trying to include, instead of trying to bring people together in unison, oh, no, 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 can't do that, can't do that. See, the, the Democrat Party can't afford to lose many more black voters if they do things are going to shift drastically in this country so what do they do they go after the emotion they go after the anger emotion not just any emotion they go after the anger emotion they want every black kid and every black parent to actually believe that somehow Ron DeSantis and the republicans said slavery was good and no one said that at all and and let me and let this be a perfect time. And Ron DeSantis, man, if anybody is listening to me right now who is on the Ron DeSantis team, now would be a great time to educate everyone again on who ended slavery, the Republican Party, who fought against slavery, the Republican Party, which president, which president was the one who's credited with ending slavery. Well, that would be Abraham Lincoln. Which party was he in? Well, he would be a Republican. Now's a great time, Ron. Now's a great time, DeSantis, Governor DeSantis. It is a great time for you to do a little bit of education. When these media people throw themselves in front of you and they kick and scream like little petulant two-year-olds in front of you, 
Give them an education. Give them an education that they need. Remind them. Remind them who Lyndon B. Johnson had to go beg. No, I'm sorry. He didn't beg. Well, no, he did. He begged a certain amount of Democrats to go along with the Civil Rights Bill because all the Republicans went along. At least majority of the Republicans went along with the Civil Rights Bill. The Republicans are the reason the Civil Rights Bill passed. So now's a good time, Ron DeSantis, Governor DeSantis. A good time to do some education because they're gonna they're coming after you. Governor DeSantis, they are coming after you. There's a reason they're coming after you. And ladies and gentlemen, I you know, I have a <clears throat> since I'm on that topic, let me ask this question, and I am one hundred percent dead serious here. I want to ask a question to all my black listeners. I want to ask a question to all the black voters out there who hear this show. And uh I, I just want to talk to all of you right now. I want to ask you a question. How does it feel to be lied to by the party that you think you're married to on a just a constant basis? How does it feel to be used and abused by a political party? That is the question. Okay, that's two questions. Two questions I have for my black listeners and the black voters out there. And if you're a black listener to me right now, you make sure you send this show to all your black friends that you know vote Democrat and have them listen to this. Have them listen to me, Victor, with On Point with Victor. You can get this show today. Once I'm done and I'm out of here, producer Brett will have this show put on uh, Spotify and Apple Podcasts and everywhere else within an hour. And you guys can go and listen to it. Okay, within maybe some more time than that, but but you can go listen to it anytime. You can go to americaswebradio.com and you can find this show. And you listen to it. And you have them listen to it. Because they need, this is the question that all black voters need to be asked. How does it feel to be lied to by the party that you think you're married to? You think you're a Democrat? You think you have to be a Democrat? Well, how does it feel to be lied to by the likes of Kamala Harris? Kamala Harris, who couldn't, uh, my goodness, she can't even put together a, a, a coherent paragraph without it being in third grade lead, reading level. But she's being dishonest with you. How does it feel when Obama's dishonest with you? How does it feel when the rest of the race pimps out there, Sharpton, Jackson, um, and I'm not even going to mention all the congresswomen and, and senators. How does it feel to be lied to and used and abused? Because they're doing it to you every day. And to my brown folks out there, to my fellow Hispanics, and don't you call me Latinx. I got a freaking thing in the, the, the other day where I had to, I don't remember what it was, but it was some questionnaire I had to fill out. And it said, are you a member of the Latinx? No, I am not a member of any Latinx. I'm Hispanic. I'm Latino. But I'm not a member of anything called Latinx. Latinx is something that a bunch of white elitist Democrats came up with. And I, I mean, oh, it just drives me crazy. But here's a message to you, brown voters, to my Latino voters out there. Listen to me. You're next. <laughs> You're next. The Democrat Party, they have always felt that they've got a lock on the black vote, even though they're in a little panic now because they're losing some of the black vote. But you see how they're using and abusing the black voter. You're next, brown voter, my fellow Latinos, my fellow Hispanics. If you're a citizen in this country and you're voting, you're, you are on the target list of the Democrats to be used and abused. Don't let it happen. Don't lose your individuality because you buy into some emotional speak. Don't do it. All right, folks, got to take another break. We will be right back. This is the On Point with Victor Show. Hello, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Have you ever wondered what doctors talk about amongst themselves? 
If you do, join us on the Doctor's Lounge and hear the doctors' conversations amongst themselves. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schertz, every Thursday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. If you live to serve and want to make an even bigger difference, consider joining the U.S. Army. With training in fields like medical care, linguistics, and engineering, an Army career can amplify your efforts with humanitarian opportunities all over the world. Plus, you'll receive competitive pay and incredible benefits, so you'll be taken care of, too. Learn more at GoArmy.com. If you want the truth about politics, medicine, weapons, classic cars, and more, you'll want to tune in to America's Web Radio. You can listen to all of your favorite shows live at www.americaswebradio.com or on demand on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. That's www.americaswebradio.com. On August 8th, 2022, in violation of the Fourth Amendment, the FBI performed a most egregious search of a former president's home. The Fourth Amendment of the U.S. Constitution provides that the right of the people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures shall not be violated, and no warrants shall issue, but upon probable cause, supported by oath or affirmation, and particularly describing the place to be searched, and the persons or things to be seized. The Fourth Amendment originally enforced the notion that each man's home is his castle, secure from unreasonable searches and seizures of property by the government. We must take a stand, and take back our country. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I've got some breaking news. Uh, so apparently they couldn't figure out that uh, Hunter was probably the one that had the cocaine in the White House. <laughs> Look, I'm, I don't know that for sure. I'm just, uh, any, any person with common sense would know the first target and the first person that should have been interviewed is Hunter Biden, but we won't even go there. We know he's being protected, but I, 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 there's breaking news. So I think I, I might know who else, who else got in the cocaine. I think it's the German Shepherd. The, the Biden, the dementia patient Joe has a German Shepherd, and this German Shepherd apparently has been removed from the White House because he bit six Secret Service agents and sent one of them to the hospital. So is this a cocaine dog? Did this dog get into cocaine? Inquiry minds want to know. So, hey, look, it's possible. It's, apparently there are sharks out there that are going crazy with cocaine because of the drug cartels or dumping. I guess they've lost or they dumped cocaine in the, in the ocean. So, wasn't there a movie? I am pretty sure there was a movie from – why do people think they need to make Hollywood true? I'm pretty sure that last summer or, or sometime this year maybe – there's a movie out called Cocaine Bear, where a bear in the wild got a hold of some some drug guy's cocaine that fell out of a plane or something like that, and that bear went cra- cocaine crazy. And now, now we've got sharks going crazy on cocaine, and and apparently, poss- possibly, I don't know, I'm just saying, it's possible that that Joe Biden's German Shepherd got into Hunter Biden's cocaine. <laughs> And started biting secret servicemen. I mean, uh, inquiry minds want to know, why isn't there investigate? Can you imagine if this was happening in the President Trump's White House? Can you imagine if this happened in the pre- – uh, oh, my gosh, folks. If this had happened 
It would be wall to wall. There would be special counsels for everybody. They put a special counsel to investigate the freaking dog if this were President Trump's White House. They wouldn't stop. I mean, isn't it? Do you not find it funny, folks, that our government can spend two or three years, millions and millions and millions of dollars investigating a fake story, an actual hoax story, but yet they can't figure out who's dropped or stowed or hid and was snorting cocaine in the White House? The White House, mind you, that has the most cameras, the most surveillance, the most uh, stripped-down body checks of anybody that goes in that house. They have the top of the top of the top surveillance equipment. You're telling me that they can't figure out that Hunter Biden was doing coke in the White House? I mean, give me a break, folks. How stupid. This is another thing. This, again, is how stupid the Democrat Party thinks you are. Why on earth, as an American voter, would you want to to vote for a party that is the Democrat Party that actively thinks you're stupid and treats you like you're stupid? I am dead serious, folks. Look, I am not telling you to go run and jump in the lap and play patty cake with the establishment Republicans. But they are a whole lot better than what the Democrats, at least the Republican Party, has some really good members like the Freedom Caucus that's actually fighting for your independence, your freedom, for your liberty. They're fighting for you to have a better opportunity in this country. They're fighting to keep the American dream alive for you. You cannot say that about the Democrat Party. Today's Democrat Party, my goodness, now they're trying to take out your hot water heater. Now they want – look it up, folks. I'm not making this up. Go do a duck, duck, go search. If you must, do a Google search. But get off that Google crap and go to duck, duck, go. Duck, duck, go, by the way, will not follow you, will not trace you, will not uh, inundate you with ads or anything like that. That's duck, duck, go. Use that search engine and search for um, – Oh my gosh, I, now I'm having a brain fart, David. <laughs> I just, I just had one. Thank you, David. Thank you. Uh, but search for the hot water heater. Now the Democrat authoritarian party is trying to tell you what kind of hot water heater you can use. And they're trying, and that's going to drive the cost up, ladies and gentlemen, just like everything the Democrats do drives the cost up on the middle class. Because why? They're trying to destroy the middle class. So now they're coming after your hot water heater. They're already coming after your, your gas stove. They're coming after your – they came after your toilets. Oh, too much water in that toilet. we got to give you something that will stink up your house. Yeah, that's the Democrat Party. They came after your dishwasher. They came after your refrigerator. I thought the Democrat Party was the party of, oh, we stay out of your home. I thought the Democrat Party said, let's stay out of the bedroom. Oh, they're not only in your bedroom. They're in your master bath. They're in your kitchen. They're in your basements. They're everywhere. Today's Democrat Party is about as authoritarian as you can get. I'm telling you, you gotta wake up, ladies and gentlemen. It is time. It is time to wake up. But it's like I told you. I don't care how many Democrats scream, Donald Trump's an authoritarian! Donald Trump! Donald Trump! Listen, Donald Trump cut taxes. That's not authoritarian. Donald Trump cut regulation. That is not authoritarian. Donald Trump did things to, to beef up your freedom, your liberty. That's what President Trump did. 
What's the Democrat Party doing? The Democrat Party's trying to control what water heater you use, what stove you use, what microwave you use, what refrigerator you use, how many toilets you can have in your house, what kind of toilets you can have in your house, what kind of dishwasher you can have in your house. That's the Democrat Party. And if that wasn't bad enough, now they want to tell you what kind of car to drive, when you can drive it, how much power you can use. And they're coming after your air conditioner, folks. They're coming after everything. That is your Democrat party of today. They are the authoritarian party. They're the party. Oh, not only that, they want your health care, too. They want you to ask them permission if you can have health care. That's your Democrat party. Oh, by the way, you like your steak? Not The Democrat Party doesn't care if you like steak. You don't get it. You've been eating too much. You like to fly? Oh, the Democrat Party doesn't want you to fly. They darn sure don't want you on a private plane. That's reserved for them. The private jets are reserved for John Kerry and Fauci and the rest of those bozos. But not for you. Not for you. You have to be stuck in the small little donut electric car that they're going to try to put you all in. That's the Democrat Party. All right. That was a whole tangent. I didn't really intend to get off on, but I want to move on a little bit. <clears throat> I want to sum up, ladies and gentlemen, I can sum up the State of the Union right now. I can sum up the State of the Union right now, and this is the State of the Union. That Barbie movie this past weekend brought in $162 million. The Oppenheimer movie, which is history, which every per every American citizen should know this history – the Oppenheimer movie brought in $82 million. <laughs> That is the State of the Union. You want to know how these heads full of mush, why they vote for an authoritarian socialist party that is the Democrat Party? It's because they're all out there wearing pink, <laughs> dudes included, and they're going to the Barbie movie. I mean, look, I nothing to get – listen, if you've got a little girl and she wants to go to the Barbie movie, by all means, take her. Take her. Don't let politics get in your way. But if you're a voting age and you know more about the Barbie movie than you know about the Oppenheimer movie or the history of, 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 of how important Oppenheimer was, <laughs> if you know more about Barbie mania than you do about the Manhattan Project, <laughs> well, then you'll understand why those heads full of mush vote for the authoritarian socialist Democrat Party. I mean, that's as simple as that. As simple as that, folks. So, and this, this takes me to the government education system, ladies and gentlemen. We have got to put an end to government education in this country. We do. We do. And what do I mean by that? I mean, the federal government, the Washington bureaucrats should have zero to do with educating our children in this country. There should be no Department of Education. The Department of Education should be dismantled immediately. Immediately. Uh, this is what – and let me say this. President Trump, if anybody on his campaign has listened to me, and I know, I know you guys listen to me. You know, and David, by the, now I'm thinking about it. David – now, folks, legendary Dave, you've heard him mention before that he's, 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 he's almost positive that there are news outlets that tune in to America's Web Radio. And I, I believe you, David, because the other night I saw Laura Ingram, Sean Hannity, and some other host – Almost say verbatim what I said on On Point with Victor last week. So I'm not, I don't know, folks. Look, my ego's not big enough to think they're listening to me, but I think David may be onto something. They, the, the, this show and this station, America's Web Radio, it, it has a reach. And, and I, I, I'm just hearing more and more things that we say on this station that are starting to be repeated in national news. So 
We'll pat ourselves on the back, David. <laughs> this, I didn't make this up. This came from somebody that worked at Fox mm-hmm. and told me, she said, where do you think they get all of their information from? No organization is that big. Uh, they go out, they have people monitor different Different stations, stations yeah. And, uh, you know, and... Everybody today, there is no news. There's a lot of opinions. Mm -hmm. And they listen for the opinion that strikes their fancy. And then they put it on. They give it to Hannity. They give it to... Uh, you know the morning show, right? Fox, Fox and Friends, and they all have staffs, David. They all have staffs, and they and I and I can attest because I have heard it from some sources that, especially on the the Democrat side as well, they will have staff that are their job is to listen to shows like this, Absolutely. and other shows, and uh, so they can attack us. <laughs> so well, it, hey, I know, bring it on. <laughs> you know when we started um, really pushing. Our love for veterans mm-hmm. and bringing in veteran shows. It was amazing within a few weeks, Fox was doing more and more stuff for, for veterans. veterans. Yep. Amazing how that works. Well, I'm glad that we can have a positive, positive touch. And, and, uh, but it, I tell you, David, it, you were the first person I thought of the other night when I was sitting watching, uh, Ingram and Hannity and I, and it was, there was another one. I don't remember what it was, but, uh, and I can't remember what the, what the topic was, but it was straight out of what I had just talked about on the show. So, um, hey, kudos to us. So we'll, and I'll keep, I'll do my best to give them as much information, which is what I want to do now. If you know somebody on the President Trump team, if you know somebody on Ron DeSantis' team, you gotta tell them. Now, Ron DeSantis has touched on this, uh, but Trump needs to do it a little more. One of the biggest issues they need to run with is education. And, and, and the, the candidate right now that would come out and actively say, I am going to dismantle the Department of Education. We are, we're go, the number one, two, three, or top ten things on the agenda for when I step in the office, whether it's President Trump or, or President DeSantis, on the agenda needs to be start dismantling the Department of Education, number one. That is a number one that needs to be done. And, and I think if, if President Trump has the courage to, to run with that, it's, it's only going to help him. And I think DeSantis is, it could do that as well. And it, and <clears throat> there's a couple of issues and a, there's a slew of departments that need to be uh, dismantled. And I think the first one, as much as I, I dislike the IRS and our tax system, even before that, the Department of Education has got to go. The federal government should have nothing to do with education in this country. It needs to be on the lowest, 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 lowest of the levels of government, which I'm talking city council level, and and where the parents have most of the power. Yeah, David? Just like everything else, mm-hmm. unfortunately, it's generally a bad plan, but it is a plan. The Democrats have a plan, and I don't disagree. With <laughs> they <you>. sure do. <laughs> I don't disagree with you about Trump, DeSantis, whoever coming out. We need to dismantle the Department of Education. Hundred percent. They should follow through and say, "This is what we need." Mm. Don't just leave us hanging. Okay, hey. he wants to 
destroy this. Yeah. He wants to tear down this. He wants That's a, a that's a great point, David, which is why you're the legend. Because if they don't have a plan, they'll get demagogued. So if Trump just or DeSantis says we're going to dismantle the Department of Education and they leave it there, you're 100% right, David. They'll be demagogued to death by the Democrats. They have to say we're going to dismantle the, the Department of Education and then we're going to help with this voucher system, school choice. We're going to work um, closely charter, with the state a, amen to that. and yep. cities right. on taking care of our kids Absolutely. and our next generation. Yep. And, because you know this is we have this is to. one thing that got me and and I woke up to it several weeks ago that with all that's been going on and with the threats from other countries towards us mm-hmm. how dare they yes but how dare they they do it because they know we have such a weak well, nilly in the white house yep and the difference between my feeling towards the White House was that the White House has no plan. They had no plan in Afghanistan. Right. They've never had a plan. Mm-hmm. And I had comfort in Trump in that, you know, I didn't know what the plan was, but I knew in the back of my mind. But you knew he had one. He had a plan. And even if Trump didn't tell everybody, he had one. He had a plan. He had one. I, this is one thing I'll say about President Trump that I support wholeheartedly. One of the biggest reasons I, I support him is when he looks at a journalist and says, no, I'm not going to answer that because that will mess up my potential negotiation uh, uh, bargaining tool. You know, you want me to take something out of my tool shed to tell you, and then I'm not going to be able to use that when I'm negotiating with these world leaders. And and I love it that Trump has the courage because most politicians will skirt around an issue and just just speak a whole bunch of poppycock yeah, instead okay. of being honest. Like yeah, or they'll say, well, yeah, well, oh yeah, that's true. That goes through their head. Well, what is, what does this person want to hear? What do, what do I need to say that's going to make them happy and like me? And that's wrong. And Donald Trump, I can tell you this. Donald Trump doesn't ever look at a journalist or a, or a politician or, or, or anyone in the media and go, what do I need to say to make this person like me? I, I just don't think he would do that. And, and that's obvious when, when they ask him, oh, what would you do to stop the Russia and blah, 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 or, or stop, uh, the little Kim in, in, uh, North Korea or Kim Jong-un, whatever his name is. And Trump will look at him and say, I'm not going to tell you. Why would I tell you? And that is brilliant. It really is. I think, I don't think a lot of people give him enough credit. And uh, the only other person I've seen do it is DeSantis. Uh, DeSantis is like, I'm not going to tell you what I'm going to do. And that's brilliant. But watch the other candidates. Watch some of these establishment candidates. They'll skirt around the issue and give you this, this ridiculous, long, bloviating answer without being honest and saying, no, I'm not going to tell you what I'm going to do. Why would I tell you? Why would I tell you when you're just going to go run and tell our enemies? I'm not going to do that. And uh, that's that's one of the great things about Trump. So I, I, I am just saying – President Trump, Ron DeSantis, you, 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 you are the two. It's going to be one of you guys. And the one who, who grasped this education issue, the one who has the courage to say we're going to dismantle the Department of Education, that's the guy that people are going to fall behind. That, that's the kind of issue that you're going to get black families. You're going to get some Democrats. You're going to get the independents. You're going to get the libertarians. That's an issue right there. And, and I, since I mentioned that, I'll mention this. 
here's another reason. If if you're not sure why you should support Donald Trump if he wins the nomination, if Donald Trump wins the nomination, I'm going to give you a reason right now why you need to to be ready, willing, and able to do everything to help Donald Trump win in 2024. And this is because of scheduling Schedule F. Let me explain this to you real quick in layman terms. <clears throat> You've heard me. On, and here's another thing, David. You know, you and I have talked about this, and I've talked about it on the Eric Erickson show. And I've done this for the past three years. And I and, and, and that is I have said whoever gets elected next as the president, Republican president, whether it be Trump or DeSantis or Haley or Scott, whoever it is, they need to step into that Oval Office on on day one and start dismantling Washington bureaucracy. They need to start firing people. Anybody left over from the Obama administration, anyone left over from the Biden administration, anyone left over from the Bushies and the Clintons, they need to fire as many of those people as they can. Well, now, lo and behold, and this is how I know that there are people on Trump's team that listen to this show. I know there are. Because now, just in the past few weeks, Donald Trump announced he will use bring back scheduling F. And basically what that is, is it's an executive order that allows the federal government to declare certain jobs under Schedule F, which means they can be fired. It means these positions can be fired. And that's anything under the purview of the, of the executive branch. Now, Thank God for the founding fathers and our separation of powers. A president cannot be elected and then go fire the legislature. They can't go fire the Supreme Court. They can't do that. But they do control the executive branch. The president is the CEO of the executive branch. And a whole lot of the bureaucracy in Washington is the executive branch. Obama appointed a crap ton of people. Clinton did. The Bushes did. And so, and the Biden's doing it now. And they put these people, they embed them in the bureaucracy so that if a Republican comes on after them, they'll have the bureaucracy to slow down and slow walk and do whatever they can to oppose the current president. Well, that's got to stop. And now, lo and behold, Donald Trump is, is is announcing in the past few weeks that he will get in. If you reelect him, he'll take the office. He'll use executive order to scheduling F, and he will start really draining the swamp. Now, Ron DeSantis makes a great point. Trump said he was going to drain the drain the swamp in the first four years, and he didn't do it. And that's a good point. But the if truth be told, Donald Trump. That was his first time in office, first time in Washington in that type of position, and he thought that the that the what do you call it the the establishment apparatus. He thought the Republican establishment apparatus was going to play ball with him. I don't think Trump ever believed that they would go against him. I don't think he ever believed he'd be backstabbed by Graham and by McConnell and by Romney and the rest of them. And and they did. They worked hard against him. Um, What's that guy's name that ran with uh, ran with Romney? Uh, that guy, the old Speaker of the House. They all worked against Donald Trump. They all part of the establishment. And then the people who were appointed, non-elected people. I'm talking about non-elected bureaucracy that's all over Washington. Those are the people that Donald Trump needs to needs to drain. He didn't do it his first term, but by golly, I do believe Trump learned a lesson, and he will do it in the second term. So if Donald Trump gets reelected, um, I think this will be one reason he is because I, I love it. I love the fact that he's not afraid to say, hey, you're all on notice. Anyone within the purview of the executive branch that can be part of the scheduling F, I'm going to fire you. If you were appointed by – now, Trump needs to take this step. This is what he needs to do next. If you were appointed by Biden, by Obama, by Clinton, or any of the Bushies, you're out of here. 
You're out of it. Just start packing your stuff up in November when I get reelected. You start packing your stuff up because in January 2025, when I take office, you're gone. You're out of here. That is what, that's the next step I want Trump to make. And I want Ron DeSantis to jump on board with this too. I want Ron DeSantis to jump on board with this. Now, now again, polling means nothing right now. And let me tell you why. I know right now Donald Trump has a about a 30-point lead, more or less, over Ron DeSantis. But let me tell you something. In 2016 or 2015 or right around – yeah, it's probably – yeah, 2015. In 2015 at this time, Donald Trump was polling at 1%. Jeb Bush was polling 20 or more points above him. And we all know what happened in 2016. So don't put your faith in polls right now. They don't mean squat. All I can tell you is that the average is Trump's got a big lead. Ron DeSantis is next. Tim Scott, he's doing pretty well. Tim Scott has spent the most money over the past month on advertising. Uh, Tim Scott outspent Trump. He outspent DeSantis. Trump's too busy spending money attacking Republicans, which is just really ticking me off. So I told you what I like about Trump. Now let me tell you what I don't like about Trump. My problem with Trump is he's spending more money attacking Republicans then he is attacking the Democrats, and that's wrong. So, again, anyone with a Trump team that is listening to me, and I know you are, this is I am not being uh, anti-Trump here. I'm just saying Donald J. Trump doesn't need to be spending money, hard donor money, on attacking Republicans. He needs to stop doing that. Not every Republican is going to support you. Deal with it. Deal with it. It's just like not every listener out there thinks my show's the best. They should, <laughs> but they don't. I know not everybody thinks I have the best show, so I'm okay with that. So President Trump, please understand, not every Republican's going to support you. They're not. But you need to earn that support. You don't need to attack Republicans. Stop doing it. Because if you're the nominee, you're going to need those Republicans. So stop spending money attacking Republicans, please. That's my message to Donald Trump. And for DeSantis, you got to get on a better message. DeSantis just needs to get back on his message of education, of the economy, of uh, and just keep going after Biden. You keep going after Biden. What I would tell President Trump, what I would tell Ron DeSantis, is you guys need to pretend like you are the nominee. Just go ahead and assume you're the nominee. Then you go after the Democrats. They're the ones that are messing this country up. Go after them. Don't go after each other because that's just you're just wasting time and, and resources. So uh, now. Some of you noticed Tim Scott. He's kind of he's, he's he's bumped his way into third place, and he's he's starting to create a distance between third place and fourth place. There's there's first and there's second, and there's a pretty big distance there. And then nobody was close to DeSantis, but now Tim Scott has kind of created a third spot, and and it's because of all the ads. Now he he has a positive message, and this should be a lesson to Trump and a lesson to um, I, you know DeSantis. Pretty much has a positive message. Um, so it more applies to Trump. But pay attention to what Tim Scott's doing. Tim Scott has a positive message. He has a positive message about his life, his history, and a positive message about this country, and a positive message on where we can go. And and that's a good message coming out of Tim Scott. Now, he's spending a ton of money trying to get his name recognition up, which has put him in third place. The, the problem is he doesn't have the money to sustain this, which is why he's not going to go much further. I'm just saying. I, I like Tim Scott. He'll make a great vice president, and he'll be a great president one day, I do believe. I just don't believe it's going to be now. So, But that, I'm just, I just want to tell you the lay of the land right now, and that's, that's really the way it looks. Now, Pence, 
gosh, I don't know why you got in the race, Pence. Again, Pence is a nice guy, good guy, very good man, good family man. But we don't need his type of politicianness, <laughs> if I should create a word. Um, we don't need an establishment. Pence is the epitome of the establishment. We don't need him. I'm sorry. Uh, but it's not just me. Um, he's not even getting enough donors to be in the first debate. So, um, so I mean, it's just not even. <laughs> so I don't know what what's what, why he's in this. He's not even going to make the debate. So, all right, folks, we are coming to the end of the show. Um, I had lots of stuff I didn't get to. There was a, a DEA agent, former agent that was in, in the halls of Congress that showed perfectly how you should respond to an uh, a politician who thinks they're better than you. And it was great. I'll talk about that next week. A whole lot more we'll get to next week, folks. You stay tuned. Locked and loaded's up next with Roger. The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.